Fitz, were you surprised that Terry didn't like spell his name or draw a dirty picture in the show <laughs> with the Twitter? Because <laughs> I, I was waiting for that through the whole video to see if he'd done that. Welcome to the RC Roundtable podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Oh, my precious. Oh, oh, hey, hello there. Hey, welcome to the RC Roundtable. Uh, Fitzwalker, joining me is <laughs> uh, Professor Lee Ray. Hello, chaps. And uh, the Mr. Uh, Snowblind uh, Terry Dunn. Oh, that's uh, an unintentional foreshadowing, but yes. And <laughs> for the benefit of the people not watching, what were you doing with that poor engine? I'm just giving it a little love because it really needed it. I think it's legal in Alabama, but outlawed everywhere else. <laughs> it's, uh, I guess, one thing I forgot to mention one of my uh, recent acquisitions from the swap meet that we oh, nice. will talk about later on. Okay. That looks oh. interesting. <laughs> it is. I got, I got a pretty good score. It's, it's funny from a it related to a conversation I had with a visitor we had in town a couple weeks ago. So, oh, anyway, right. the, are we yeah. going to talk about that too? Yeah, we can. Okay. We most certainly can. It in. All in a good time, my friends. Yeah. For those of you viewing, we don't know what's wrong with Fitz's camera. It's on, it's on the Fitz Fritz. <laughs> uh, keeps keeps uh, keeps you entertained. By, by, well, it's by like out of focus. It changes your width. You go from tall to short. It pauses. You froze again. It's in focus <laughs> now. It just may the aspect ratio may change a little bit. But I don't know why. It's just got a mind of its own suddenly. So it is what it is. All right. Anyways, well, let's get to shorter yeah. road. Right. Let's. What are we gonna talk about first? How you guys? How was you guys? <laughs> week? Frozen again. Oh, we don't talk about things like that. <laughs> Model so, related. We're not here to be personal. No, no. So you guys posted a video, was it last weekend? Weekend before? No. Two weekends. Last, yeah. Has it been that long? So in our last show, we talked about aero towing, and then you guys just went and did it. So yep. tell me all about it. Well, uh started a long time ago when a little boy decided he wanted to fly model airplanes. But that, but that's not about me. So, <laughs> so recently I I um, I'm actually working on it. I have the new Hangar Nine Brave, the big 87 inch, uh, 20cc uh, plane that just came out. I think we did we talk about it on the show before. I think when it just came out, did we mention? I it? don't think so. Don't. Like, uh, yeah, things. I think I just texted you and said, "Hey, are you getting a new package that looks like this?" <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 and then you told me, yes. Yes. So I have the new Brave. I guess we didn't even get a chance to talk about it because it just came out, really. It's only been out, what, a month or two or something like that? Uh, so Hanger and I came out with this really just big big aircraft. Very nice. It's uh, the, the Piper Pawnee Brave with a PA-36, I think it was called. Uh, crop duster. And really nice. And I got my grubby little hands on one. And I was able to do a really quick build of it. And I said, hey, Lee, uh, are you going to be uh, available? You're, 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 I see your club's having a swap meet and fun fly. That'd be a perfect opportunity for me to take out the Brave and do some flight video of it. And, uh, and oh, by the way, 
I installed a tow release into it so we can tow up a glider with it. <laughs> a questionable tow release. We can, we can get into that. <laughs> oh, no. Mr. Negative it, Nanny here. I will give you credit on, on how well you installed it. I just think its location was the questionable part. But Oh, again. well. <laughs> this I, I had very little time to build this, so it was a quick build. And it was it was uh, I was uh, old and needed the money, and so it fit where it fit, and we were going to go with that for now. I may reposition it later, but I just didn't have a whole lot of time to go mucking around with it. Yeah, we're showing some pictures. If you're watching the YouTube version, uh, there's at least kind flipping through a few pictures. It's a very nice plane. It's uh it's pretty cool. It's, it's full house plus flaps and awesome. uh, has lights on the wings as well. Uh, but unfortunately, they didn't include a tow release. And I thought, well, I, I put a tow release in my the glider, the Minamoa I just built. That's going to be an upcoming issue of Model Aviation. And we never had a chance to do an aero tow with it. So I thought, wait, this looks like a perfect plane. It's a nice, big, large uh, aircraft with a lot of power. And so I, I found <laughs> the tow release mechanism from my ill-fated uh, Cessna Caravan, which is actually pretty nice. And so uh, I just... Did a real quick mod, stuck that sucker in there, and it uh, worked like a charm. And, Wait, the and caravan so, had a tow release? It did. Believe it or not, it had a tow release. It was part of the kit and, and the top part of the fuselage, servo mounts for it, and everything. Are I'm full sorry, scale caravans used for glider tow? I, I don't. I don't know if I've ever seen it. It seems yeah, like an okay. odd thing, but the mechanism itself was pretty nice. So what? What the heck? But yeah, I, you know, caravans are used for you know parachutists and stuff, but. Tow, towing gliders i don't think it could fly slow enough or maybe it can I mean, anybody listening on the that knows if caravans are capable of towing gliders without ripping their wings off let us know uh but it turns out that this little guy actually does pretty good for towing gliders negative nanny lee notwithstanding uh <laughs> plenty of power and it has, yeah. it's actually uh Kind of a lot of you lift. didn't give me the sticks to the mini moa, so <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let you fly the tow plane and then give me your little smart comment back at me. Well, well that's hold on. True. This is a review that you're doing. Yes, this plane? will be a review on my channel, Hobby View. Uh, okay. I'm doing the editing now, but I'm also double duty to some other stuff, so I'm not sure when it'll be ready. But uh, we got some nice footage, uh, air to air, air to ground, ground to air, whatever. Uh, okay. So. The, Everything survived. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Although it was a well, bit hairy at times. On the website, it says it's a 20cc airplane, yes. but you didn't go gas. No, I went electric. Yeah, they do okay. have an electric setup that runs, believe it or not, on a 6L battery. Okay. There it is. Yeah, they show the avian motor. I forgot the, the specs on the motor. I, maybe you can, um, uh, you can look it up and read it. I can't quite remember. But they have a recommended setup on 6L, 5,000 million power. And a large motor, it'll swing a 17 inch prop, 16, 17 inch prop. Uh, right. So it had, it had no, it was no slouch. Uh, you think a big plane like that would be eight cells or something, but on six cell, it was just fine. It had a lot of power, a lot of pull. Uh, very nice right. handling plane. Very, Lee can attest to that too. It was easy. Oh, yeah. Two seconds into flying, you're like, oh man, this thing's a sweetheart. Yeah, I don't want to give it a huge criticism because I did enjoy flying it um, and it did its job. I The only question I had, and I think Fitz needs to have some more time on, is the throttle curve. It's got a weird positioning or and where the aircraft likes to fly. Like once you're at half throttle, you really don't need more than that. But yeah. if you start yeah. going past half throttle, it doesn't feel like you get any added benefits of you know cranking it up. So um, mm. and there's one speed that it's really comfortable and it, it flew great. Yeah, I may need to add some maybe expo to the throttle or check the throttle 
calibration, see if it's set correctly. I just, like I said, didn't have a whole lot of time to do much with it other than plug everything in and go. <laughs> so it may, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, it was like, what time was it? It's like 10 o'clock at night. I'm almost done. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you use that plane to tow the mini MOA that we've talked right. about a hundred times. All right. Are they relatively close scale wise? No, I think the mini MOA is probably a smaller scale. I oh, think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Turning away to different things. Um, not too far off, but yeah, I think it's, yeah. My, okay. my, my eyeball guess. Now, I never flew, yeah, there we go. Here's just a picture of it on the runway. Uh, see, this is why you got to watch the YouTube version. <laughs> uh, we're getting ready to, to take off here. Oh, there we first go. Yeah, I think I, this is the first flight. Yeah, it's on our Facebook page, too. It's the first flight, and it, it was a little hairy. There's a... Uh, you know, it's a glider. It's got a lot of lift. You know, first time towing it, and so getting the speed right, getting all our orientations, positions. I just uh, want to say the tow plane looked like it was doing great. <laughs> <laughs> so if you didn't notice yet, Lee was flying the tow plane. I was flying the Minamoa, and so he, Lee, can tell you how the tow plane felt and flew with it, and I can tell you how uh, how the Minamoa was on it. I uh, was the first. The first tow didn't go all that well, relatively speaking. I mean, we didn't hurt anything, but I was all over the place, and we were trying to get to find the right speed. I kept yelling at Lee to go fly slower, and uh, like, I got uh, you. You want me to stall and bring us both down? <laughs> I mean, I had flaps. I had half flaps too, so it was uh, that's about as slow as I wanted to be. Yeah, uh, at one question. point I, it was. Yeah. So, the first tow flight was which flight of the Pawnee? Oh man. Third flight. Okay. I flew so you got a once. couple flights then. I flew once, kind of ringed it out, and then Lee had an orientation flight by himself with it. And then we hooked up the gliders and towed the third okay. and fourth flight. Right. Fair we enough. We were gung ho. We were, were yeah. We were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And at first, so I got kind of way out of whack. And so I released early and came back down and we set up and did it again. And uh, then Lee had the good idea. He said, Hey, why don't you pop up your spoilers a little bit? To, Help calm things down a bit, and I did about a third to half spoilers, and that made a noticeable difference and made things a little settle down a little better. Kill right, some so, lift. what's the okay? So, which makes it more comfortable flying faster? That puts the yeah, speed envelope yeah. overlap. Speed envelope. Okay. I could have done with a little bit slower speed, but Lee was afraid of stalling out the, the plane. You know, it's a new plane. We don't know that's it's edge of its envelope. So, spoilers you, would kill. Go ahead. I was I was going to say although during your review flight you had done some stall tests and it handled really well i just yeah, didn't did, know what yeah. the stall speed towing a glider <laughs> right right so. that was an unknown <laughs> so when in doubt add a little bit more powered speed right <laughs> yeah so with the spoilers it adds a little bit of drag and kills some of the lift and so it it kept it it settled things down with the glider a bit and, and that in that time we got a pretty high tow and i was able to you know work a little bit of thermal or whatever and for a bit and didn't come down. I didn't. I didn't try to yeah. stay up that much, but it was, at least I was. You have to. to you have to remember to retract the spoilers when you release. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's like said, a brick. Spoilers, spoilers down. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, so Lee, you want to say, you want to say say what you thought of it? When you're doing the tow. What was your impressions? Oh well, I I didn't have any major problems with the plane. I guess it's just it's learning the throttle curve. That was the only thing I had. I mean, I. The first landing was a little rough for me, but the second landing I kind of nailed a little bit more power. 
and we didn't try flying it with full flaps down, you know, so probably don't need to do that now that with spoilers on the mini MOA we're, we're set. Uh, but the only, <laughs> okay, Fitz, you know, I love you. So my little tongue in cheek joke about your toe positioning was total uh, hook position is it was underneath the fuselage. So we didn't really specify that his craftsmanship was impeccable as far as how we got the hook underneath and the servo and so forth on my my Pawnee, my have a hanger, hanger nine. They call it a 60 Piper Pawnee. It's what, seven, eight years old, maybe more than that. Yeah. Um, the tow hook is right behind the canopy. And either I'd seen someone else do it or I just made the mount myself that has worked out great. And I didn't have any weird characteristics. But when you saw that flight there and Fitz got high because he was catching up. So he was trying to climb to not hit me. <laughs> I mean, my I pitched down, and then at one point <laughs> when we got overhead, I got sideways. I mean, I think uh, just a little shout out to my buddy Martin, who's a member of our club. Actually, he's a treasurer. Uh, no, he's not treasurer. I'm sorry, he's secretary. Uh, but Martin grabbed my camera and videotaped the flights. But uh, again, watching the second flight come overheads and me just kind of <laughs> slide. I was skidding, I guess. Uh, man, that was a little hairy. But other than that, once we released. Uh, you know, it looked great. I think the people enjoyed the show. Yeah, oh, yeah you typically yeah, want think... you want the glider a little above the tow plane. So, yeah, uh, that's an interesting choice in location, Fitz. <laughs> well, it was it was convenience. Like I said, I had like absolutely yeah zero time to really work it out. Like there wasn't a good location. To, you're supposed to be, from what I read, behind the at least behind the leading edge, a uh, trailing edge of the wing. It just wasn't quite there. This is really the only spot that had some meat on it. The canopy is kind of large, so there really wasn't a good spot above and behind the canopy. And I didn't. I was worried about also, I already had to add weight in the nose for CG, so I didn't want to start sticking a whole bunch of servos and stuff back behind the CG as well, um, too far back. So it was, I figured it was good enough, even though not optimum. But, you know, I, I, now that I've flown it and we've done it, I may take some extra time to see if I can manufacture a better location. Now that I know how it flies and what my margins are and stuff on CG, I'll probably right. look at moving it a little further back. I don't know if I can stick at the top. It's going to be tricky, uh, but I, you know, I'll look at uh, look into fabricating something a little more uh, well practical. <laughs> Fitz didn't mention this, but you're welcome, Fitz. Uh, on Fitz's third flight or Fitz's second flight, <laughs> something went missing. <laughs> during the flight because you had your camera this is your flight where you had your cameras mounted. oh yeah i was shooting some b-roll b footage with an onboard camera and uh, i had didn't attach the canopy fully secure so it sort of departed the plane <laughs> oh from the brave the plane yeah yeah oh the brave Oops. went one way the the canopy went another way and the canopy had a camera on it. So I got some nice oh. footage of, of falling, <laughs> falling. Through I haven't seen it yet, but I hear it's spectacular. <laughs> it's pretty I, neat, I would yeah. guess the terminal velocity of a camera is not very high. No, but I will tell you, I was very shocked. It landed in the tall grass, but it still cracked the canopy. The, oh. the mount is fine. Go ahead. Yeah. Fitz, the, the, the classic part, the clear plastic part got cracked a little bit. I patched it back together and I in fact flew the plane uh, yesterday. Uh, a couple of times with the oh, okay. patched up canopy. Right. So it doesn't look too bad, but I'll eventually get another canopy, but it's not drastic. So uh, you could but, probably find some crop dusters with cracked canopies out there. It's a, <laughs> it's a scale so, feature. What I had told Fitz as a possibility is that, you know, if he was going to get another canopy to go ahead, uh, or at least the cover, 
I didn't know they sold it together, but if he got another canopy, maybe he could uh, modify the second one where it's just for arrow toe, where mm -hmm. he could put a mount through it or, or, you know, holes through it. So he could put a, a different, like a carbon fiber tube to come through the canopy where it would be right behind the trailing edge and, uh. and have some kind of secure mount that way. Uh, the question Fitz and I both had, and I don't know if you would know this, Terry, full scale aircraft hold the tow line at the tail. You know, yeah, it's tail wheel. right back yeah, there right. and they're, oh, you know, all of them are tailwheel aircraft. So, uh, try, you know, uh, not try so gear. Hello, just tailwheel. So, um, tail dragger. why the question is we, I've never flown an RC model that way. So what would be the problem in trying to fly or move the line to the tail? Um, I don't know. We would have to experiment with it. My hunch is that putting the attachment point at the end of the tug, would give the glider a whole lot of influence over the path of the tug. If you pull up a little bit, the tug's going to point down. If you go to the right, the tug's going to point well, left. Well, it did it anyway. I mean, <laughs> because once he got above the elevator, that, that elevator was being pulled up. But the question right. becomes, why you don't have that, you don't seem to have that problem. Well, okay, I say that, and I'm reminded that, was it this year or a couple months ago, we had a, a tow plane go down because the glider pilot uh, I think it may have been a beginner went way too high and, and dragged the, the nose down or dragged the tail up on the tow plane and he crashed. Um, right. But do you think because all the RC models I've ever seen have the tow line again, high above and behind the trailing edge of the wing are because of some, I say physics, but mass issues, you know, with maybe with a full scale tow plane, it's not a big deal. I think it's an issue of perspective. When you're sitting in the glider, you can see, the difference and if you're pulling it to the right or the left or up or down, you can see that. But when you're on the ground and the airplanes above you, I don't think you're able to see those nuances and you could get out of sorts before you yeah. recognize what's going on. Yeah. You can't really, you're not in the plane, so You can't tell. So here's a question. Away. It's could you, and I'm just winging it here. Could you put something on the tail of the plane? That's like a, a a screw eye, we'll just say that, or some kind of kind of eye screw that goes near the tail where you keep your release mechanism where it is, but it runs through the back eye so that that becomes the toe point. So, you know, everything is coming off that tail, so it's not necessarily pulling up the elevator, you know, oh, on one I side see. or the other. Like an eyelid or something? Thank you. That's what I was looking yeah. for. Yeah. It's still the same premise, but you have to understand it was really awkward. Yeah, but it's know, where not, the line was. It's it's not attached to the tail. It's it's just running through the tail, but it's not running through the tail. But the tail would be manipulated first, because like when I got sideways, that line came all the way sideways. You see what I'm saying? Because it was oh, underneath the fuselage, so you know, and everybody's looking at the picture here. But you know, it was like this. So when I got sideways, the line was coming out this way. Had my tail gone down, that line would have gone over my elevator. You know, had had I gone oh, sideways I like this, with then I would have been. I would have been looped. It would have looped around the elevator. So if we could find a way to make it pass through an islet, as you said, I wonder if that would make a difference. I don't I think so. I mean, it's still going to be pulling on that rearmost point, whether it's attached there or just passing through there. That's where all the leverage will be. Yeah. So in this particular situation, we're going to try to find to get higher because that's where my other tow planes have it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I, I think that's the right move. But I have to yeah. add, so right now we're two for two. 
<laughs> so I don't want right. to yeah, criticize it too bad. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean I'm not trying to, but you know, the good news is we had success. The second fight was way better than the first one. All right, awesome. I guess you, I guess you hinted on why on a full scale it's on a tailwheel, so you know what the line interfering with the control surface is, or getting jammed in right. or something like that. So, um, yep. Well, right. if anybody's well, listening who has done aero tow, maybe on a larger scale like those really big aircraft. Uh, if if your tow planes, your gas tow planes, run them through the tail, uh, let us know. Versus up high and behind the trailing edge of the wing. Yeah, yeah. There was an event. I remember our, our friend Tom was talking about it over in uh, Apache Pass. Had a big uh, aero tow event for models. So it'll be interesting okay. to see their setups. Yeah, so they'll do it again this year. All right. I did. I haven't even looked online at those. I mean, I'm sure there's tons of videos, but. Um, that's just a, but it, it was a success. So good job. I had, thank you for inviting me, Fitz. We're, I'm glad we had someone grab the camera so you and I could fly together. Yeah, yeah. It was a great time. It was fantastic. It was worth missing the train show for. Oh, okay. <laughs> so will Arrow to a Footage be part of your review? Yes, it will. Okay, cool. And when does yeah. that come out? I don't know. Uh, okay. I thought you were under the gun. I, no, we're talking about something else. Oh, okay. I get it. So hopefully uh, I'm trying to do it in, by next week sometime. So I've been, I've been taking right. it, to, I've been working on editing it. So I'm in the process. So I've got a good chunk of it kind of edited and uh, synced up to all the uh, flight video. So I need to go through that and edit that and then do the final edit and then I'll be done. So uh, I have limited time to work on it this week, but I should have a lot more time next week to work on it. So that's my goal is to have it out by next week. I need All right. to. <laughs> and you said that's on Hobby View? Yes, it'll be on my Hobby okay. View channel. All right. Make sure you post a link on our Facebook page. Oakley, Oakley. All right. What next? You. All right. You, uh, you're, I guess, you. I guess you're seeing double. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's a bad joke. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> talking about succumbing to peer pressure? You got a new acquisition. I do. And because you guys made me. You, I don't know if you talked me into it or you threatened me into it. I and don't I don't know. You yes. never told me. Did you buy it outright or did someone sell it to you? No, I bought it. Okay. Uh, are there any used ones yet? I mean, they're so new. Maybe they're I don't know. Not someone just might say, eh, it's not for me. I can't land it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So um, I got the UMX Twin Otter, which you guys have talked about. You each have one. So the... The short story on that is we will end up doing a three view where we all come in and share our experiences. So I won't. Yeah, there it is. Oh, yours is on floats too. Was it on yeah. floats before? Uh, when I did my first review, it was not. And okay. I ended up picking up some floats for it. And I think they're probably going to be a permanent part of the plane now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they go on really easy. Easier than I they remember some of my other models. They go on easy and it flies really good with them on. And they're just a fun thing. And uh, I take it out. As you know, Lee, uh, Terry, when it rains, our the JSE field floods real easily. Mm. These puddles right. and po mini ponds show up. So it's great for doing touch and goes off the puddles and stuff. Yep. So the reason I put the floats on mine is because the lake out back is frozen and we got a bunch of snow this week. And so there's a nice layer of fresh snow and I had a nice clear runway and it works really great flying off of snow with the uh, floats and the uh, differential thrust, as you can see in the video that 
these showing now. Super maneuverable and easy to handle. So no complaints here. And uh, yeah. so far I've got two flights on it. And, uh, oh, only two? Uh, yeah, only two. Uh, part of that is because I crashed it. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I was doing. Um, but yeah, I dorked it into the snow and popped one of the floats off. But that was just a quick job to fix it with five-minute epoxy. Flew it again later that day. So, uh, yeah, it's aerobatic. It's fast. It can slow down pretty well. And, um, yeah, I don't want to give too much away now since we're going to talk about it later. But I'm happy with it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Fitz, were you surprised that Terry didn't like spell his name or draw a dirty picture in the snow <laughs> with the toilet? Because <laughs> I, I was waiting for that through the whole video to see if he'd done that. And I was I very disappointed. It. I was so, or at least an RC no. Roundtable logo. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing Terry, it'd be something obscene. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it would. <laughs> so, there will be more snow. So I'll keep that in my back pocket. Um, well, yeah. And so, real quick, uh, is it everything we'd said it was? I don't remember what you said it was, so I don't know. Fun. Maybe exciting. I can't believe it runs on one S. Um, yes, surprisingly good power for one S, which the and what's the other one that is like that? Not inductrix, uh psh, the little flying wing thing that is a one S. Come on, help me out. Lee, you've got one. I, I do. Or yes. <laughs> your well, your son. Oh, I don't remember that. I'm sorry. Yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about. My yeah, yeah, memory yeah. escapes me. I'll but I'll look it up while you're talking. The other single cell brushes. I'm not here. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can't really compare it to that because it's a very different kind of plane, but it's more than enough power for this model. It would go straight up, do giant loops. Now I used yeah. an 800 milliamp hour lipo. I don't know if what I used is what they offer, because originally I thought I was going to use a 500 but I couldn't get it to balance with a 500. So I took apart a two cell 800 that I had, which is an E-Flight battery pack. But uh, I took that apart into single cells and used that. And it flies great. It killed me to put JST connectors on a battery, but <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that's what it uses. And it's fine in this application. Yeah, I left my JSTs on. I didn't. Yeah, I thought about changing it over, but you know what? It, it's fine. And uh, so I will go into the crash a little bit here. What I found out, I told you it had snowed a lot. So there's a smooth blanket of fresh snow. And then after that front passed through, it was really sunny for the next couple of days, even today. And I experienced for the first of my life, uh, snow blindness. I started flying for a minute. And then next thing you know, like I have to squint and then I'm squinting more. And I just can't get the sun out of my eyes, no matter what I do. Wow. And, you know, it's reflecting off the snow and back up. And so I'm flying this airplane looking like Mr. Magoo. And so maybe that's why I crashed. I don't know. But I had to land it and then go get some sunglasses and, and try again. So oh, you don't I've learned my lesson. No, no. I, I usually don't wear sunglasses. And I only had a hat on because I had the camera on the bill of my hat. So, hmm. yeah, I learned my lesson. Well, at least there's some red on that plane, so when it does land, you can kind of see where it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty fast, so it'll get far away in a hurry and not always easy to see. But maybe that's just because I'm in an area with the houses and trees and stuff. I don't know. So that's it. It's a, 
this is really a prelude to the upcoming three view that we will do that I don't know how long we can talk about a single cell ultra micro, but we'll compare our experiences. But I think between the three of us, we've flown it off of snow, off of a runway. Have we flown it off of water yet? Fitz? I have. Okay, so the puddle thing you did? Yeah, the puddle thing, yeah. Okay, so we've got the bases covered. So I think we can... And without the gear. Oh, you've flown it gearless too? Yeah. Backwards dog. in the wind. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we've got a few things we can talk about. Um, I look forward to it. Maybe we'll do that on episode 169. A live show. Let's try that. Okay. I'm game. Why not? Oh, Fitz yeah. may not be here. Oh, that's right. Mm. Yeah. Fitz is traveling again. Hey, oh, speaking yeah. of traveling. <laughs> Segway. Yeah. <laughs> Lee, I just flew in from Muncie, and boy, are my arms tired. (laughs) 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 God, I will. You know what? (laughs) Hashtag uh, rant. Um, Dang, this Boeing 737 that I was on, it it was literally that uh, worst nightmare feeling of what they're trying to do to you in seats. It was completely upright. You know, it, they must have shaved two inches off both sides. And my face was like six inches from the seat in front of me. So if she had leaned oh, wow. back, I would have been a bloody nose. It was way too cramped. And Super I, sardine, I huh? feel I feel for you guys because my knees were like, what, four inches from the seat in front of me. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just five, five. Terry would have been like moaning. And like, <laughs> we've had to take you out with a pry bar. So I that is just that was a miserable flight home. Not to mention we were delayed because. We had to evict two passengers. But unruly people? Um, not unruly to the part where you felt like there'd be a viral video on YouTube, but unruly mm. in that uh, someone had a change of plans and the captain said we weren't taking off until they left. So <laughs> um, I was I was way too far back in the sardine factory to really see it all. <laughs> but, you know, just it was that was uh, again, rant. That was a horrible plane. God, I wish they would stop doing that. And uh, oh. I hate I hate feeling that I have to pay extra to sit in a normal chair versus paying extra to like have leg room. It's like now they're going to ask give you you know pay extra to have breathing room. Right. Well, <laughs> isn't the seating arrangement per airline? Well, if I've I flew United there. It was not that issue. It was a different plane. Uh, oh, it was United coming back to. Yeah. So yeah. just oh. this particular Boeing is just a uh, it's horrible. The, the particular model or seating out, outfit. What do you call it? Um, outfitting of seats, how they did that particular place. <laughs> yeah, all I was missing is someone like facing me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be great. something they got from another airline or something is already. Well, maybe they're getting squanched. ideas from Frontier planes or something, but it's no, it's uh, <laughs> no. I mean, gosh, buses. I've been on you know Greyhound buses and stuff that have been way more comfortable than this. So it's just unfortunate. Like that's where it's gone. But okay, so enough of my rant. I went to. Muncie last week to work and it was a great time. I 
I loved hanging out with everybody. I didn't, I, I was talking to several folks who came by and I had a temporary office, which was really nice. I had a nice corner office and I have not been in an office environment in many, many years uh, since I was in IT. And even that I was always traveling. So I wasn't necessarily, you know, always staying in the office, but uh, gosh, it was Yeah, great. you had to put on pants to go to work last week. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> This is my pajamas from yesterday. <laughs> uh, no, but I had several meetings with different departments and, you know, finding out what we can do social media wise to help each department. And we had, it was an interesting event on Wednesday. I brought bagels and, and muffins. I stopped by Walmart that was nearby the hotel and, you know, grabbed a whole bunch of food. And then it turns out April Connor, who's our HR rep, she bought like 10 times the amount of food, donuts <laughs> and stuff. So everybody was fully sugared on Wednesday. We were very productive on Wednesday. Feasting that day. Uh, yes. And we had an uh, afternoon nap. <laughs> yes. It's funny because like uh, Rob, my boss, has a couch in his room. And everybody goes, yeah, well, Rob's got a couch. It's like, how does everybody know that Rob's got a couch? <laughs> it's like, he used to just charge rent there, you know, temporary uh, snoozing station. What do they call those in Japan, Fitz? Do you know those little sessions? They, well, they have little, um, the tube hotels. What do you call it? The little hotels. Is it basically a little capsule capsule hotel? I think they call yeah, it. Yeah, it's just like, I think I've seen them like at airports too, where you just, you know, it's real small, but you just slide in and you sleep, you know, take a nap there. Oh, or yeah. Like that. yeah. <laughs> Every office should have one. <laughs> um, but I digress. So good stuff. A lot of meetings had, uh, you know, lunches with Rob and Mark. And uh, gosh, it, it, it was a really good time. The only like <laughs> the regret I have, which in a way I'm not too mad because I, I was there to work. But on maybe it was Wednesday, I took a lot of photos that I posted on. I think you both saw it on iFly MA, Lee's oh. Travels, you know, oh, Travels with great. Lee, as we call it, and went out to IEC and just to get some before shots of all the work that's being done out there. And I see that's the in, field there in international aero modeling center is the name okay. of the, a thousand acre field of several sites. And again, my regret was taking all these photos, having a good time. It was pretty cold those days. It warmed up on Friday, but I did not have a plane in that car. And I could have just gone to the museum and grabbed a couple of you know, planes <laughs> that were just sitting there. <laughs> one or two. Grab <laughs> records, you two. Grab some vintage AM radios, <laughs> see if I can charge some NICADs. Uh, I just, I wish I had brought something to fly. And again, it's just one of those, man, I had this, I had site three, there was nobody there. Uh, and, you know, nobody else was out there flying. So just like, it was all mine, all mine. And I've missed my opportunity. So I'll have to make up for it when I go back for a camp AMA with Ryan and do my, my training yeah. sessions out there. But that was, it's very nice, very nice. I'm hoping the new grass on site four really helps those at the scale uh, group Nats, I guess, because they had some issues before and, you know, their voices were heard. So they've been, they've been making a lot of improvements out there, including the addition of two pavilions that will go up out there. So again, lots of improvements for this hundredth anniversary of the first Nats going out. And I, speaking of Nats, uh, the national championships, I will be out there with Austin. Uh, come like, in the middle of July, we're going to participate in the nostalgia class for gliders. And after that, we'll drive to Wisconsin, Green Bay, Wisconsin, to see uh, Shay Dunn. Me, me. And, me. and hang out with you, which reminds me, Fitz, we haven't talked about your travel plans. 
whether you're going to fly up there like to Milwaukee and I'll pick you up or if you're going to drive solo to Wisconsin for AirVenture. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't really thought about it. <laughs> uh, put it on well, there. I'll be happy. To, like, I, I think if it works out for you, if you would rather put maybe one or two planes in my trailer that we can take with us to Nats and then to AirVenture, you could take a flight to a one-way flight to Milwaukee. We'll pick you up. And then you can drive home with me in Austin. Also oh, check Appleton. Appleton's oh, halfway Appleton. between here and Green or here in Oshkosh. Yeah, Appleton yep. is where Ryan and I flew out on the B25 ride during your venture. Oh, nice. Okay, so that sounds like a better option. Yeah. So, yes, you're welcome. Your your chauffeur, I'll go out there with a sign. <laughs> <laughs> Wits Falker Esquire. <laughs> I'm Wits. So, uh, anyway, so that was my AMA. I, I could go on about a lot of stuff, but I just will say happy to be with the company. Saw a lot of hard work being done by everybody. And we're really going to push hard to make the experience for Nats this year something special. So, look out for posts on social media on our AMA Facebook page on iFly AMA Facebook group and Instagram and so forth, which reminds me, this is this little tease for you guys. Terry was already aware cause he called me. I, uh, I had a nice treat before I left Friday morning. I got access to the museum all by myself <laughs> and man, that was, that was great. That was fun. I took a ton of content photos and stills to put a, video together of <coughs> vertical video together well we're going to start doing more shorts and reels you know trying to get onto that bandwagon i've already done some for our tiktok and in for instagram so that uh, i'll put that together and hopefully have that out soon but if uh, you are ever going to head out to nats or if you ever want to take a trip to the IAC just to have an opportunity to fly, it's your field too, folks. So if you're an AMA member, you are welcome to come out there and fly for free. You know, we'll tell you where which field you can fly at as long as there's no, no event going on. But the museum is something special, and I just got caught up. I could have spent several hours in that one building, sure. just looking at all of wow. it. And so hopefully, I'll have a nice little tidbit or what do you call it, a teaser to share with you guys on our social media channel. All right, cool. And welcome back to Texas. Yeehaw. All right. So I think we had two more things we wanted to talk about. One fun, one not so fun. So let's decide how we want to end this thing. Do we want to end it with the fun? Probably should always end on a good note, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so let's talk about the... <laughs> yeah, I would tend to agree. So let's uh, talk about the not-so-fun news that popped up yesterday. <laughs> the smelly bag, the flaming bag on the, in the room. <laughs> yeah, the steaming pile of news. Oh, it's exactly what it is. Well, you want me to just read it? Because I've got it right here. Yeah. I mean, this is how this is Canada. So we'll, let's preface, make sure this is Canada. This is not the U.S. This is not us, but this is Canada. But uh, like the great in big gold letters... And, and and we'll have this link on our Facebook page with the podcast, but right here in bold letters, and many of you may already be aware of it, it says effective immediately, all Mac members operating remotely piloted aircraft systems, which they call RPAS, must comply with all Canadian aviation regulations, including CAR Part 9, which I'm assuming is their Part 107. Um, 
There's Mac. no Mac is the Canadians version of the AMA. And what's really sad is that they basically just stripped all the benefits exemptions from Mac for people to fly at Mac fields without being required to register their drones. And you said drones, but drones in the sense of any oh my model God. aircraft. Yeah. I mean, it just gets worse and worse and worse every time you read this. But from the, I haven't had time to dig into it too much, but from the headlines I've seen, the people who want to fly in Canada now have to register all of their models oh, yes. yearly. It's... And there's a cost with each of those $5 each. And that's $5 For each Canadian model. Every, every drone. Every, Every model, model individually has to be yeah. registered. Fitz uniquely. would be bankrupt in the first week he showed up. Uh, right. uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that would, no. no. Yeah, and you have to pass a test that's designed for full-scale aviators. So with it's meteorology a, stuff. and It's a part 107 stuff. type test, yeah. But there's yeah. two. They have two. They have a basic and an advanced. Uh, let me see what it says here. But they have two types of, of licenses. So the basic... It still has some part 107 type material in it and the advances for those commercial pilots so okay. it's part 107 duh you know <laughs> the and how or however you say it in french canadian <laughs> there's some accent to it but but i think it's i think i fitz's face said it best the idea that you'd have to register every drone every traditional model is utterly insane and yeah. I don't know how they how people can fight. By the way, their version is called Transport Canada TC. Uh, their version of the FAA. FAA. Yeah. And it just boggles my mind that they can pull something like that. Um, I don't well, get it. But obviously, if you've ever seen some of the other stuff that's coming out of Canada, no one should be surprised in this insanity. Right. Did we talk about the first part on our show or just have the post on our Facebook page? But the origins of this go back several weeks where – Mac sent out an email to all of the members saying, you can't fly effective immediately while we work out this issue. And apparently Mac had granted um, some site certifications for airfields that should not have been certified based on the rules that they had with uh, Transport Canada. And because of that, they decided to shut everybody down to prove that they could effectively govern their membership, which I thought was a huge and overbearing thing to do. But here's the thing. Even by doing that, Transport Canada still said, nope, we're shutting everybody down. Right. Well, yeah, I, I agree. That's, I, I don't even know what to say about it. The whole thing seems just absurd. That How is any of this helping anything? And I don't know. It's... So another thing here, Fitz, is that the of the two licenses based in advance, the basic only allows you. This, here's the I'm looking at right here. Uh, and would, do you mind if I read this these lines, or do you want to simplify it? Well, it says what does this mean? All members flying, all Mac members flying, RPA, RPAS's drones must have a minimum of the basic pilot certificate and comply with all Canadian aviation regulations. Mac sites that are either indoor or have been issued a site operating certificate may continue to fly. All outdoor operations must comply with all Transport Canada CAR regulations. So site Altitude, operation certificate. 
is that like our Freya or is that, do you know what that is? Yes. Yes. Cause here's the next part. It says altitudes are limited to completely limited to 400 feet. AGL. That's a hard ceiling for everybody. Hard ceiling. Yeah. And it says site operating certificates issued this year or altitude waivers issued last year are rescinded. Oh, dang. so if you had a field that had 1200 feet, maybe you do gliders or something, you're back down to 400 feet. This literally crushes all glider flying. Out there. Turbines, turbines, yeah, turbines, turbines. Yeah. yeah. And uh, huh. the only benefit of getting the advance, besides, I'm assuming, to have a license to, uh, like a Part 107, commercially sell drone services, is that you can fly in controlled airspace. If with a basic, you can only fly in uncontrolled. Damn. So, and that email, the original email that said we're standing down while we try to fix this from I don't know, a month ago. To me, the strangest thing was that Max said, don't mention this to anybody. Oh, we want yeah. this to stay. So you can almost get on board with all the things. We're trying to you know, fix our problem, yada, yada, yada. But when they say, don't talk about this to anybody, that just reeks of a bigger scandal. Like, why would you have to hide anything that's being done above board? So I had big questions. When I saw that, that's when we posted the thing on our Facebook page, trying to get more information. But the stranger thing about it is that for the most part, people were keeping it quiet. It was hard to get anybody to talk about this, people up in Canada. So they seem to be respecting that for the most part. Now, what I've seen in the past couple of days since this newest thing came out is that people are mad. It feels like people who right, are willing to, well, sure. It sounds like the people who are yeah. willing to revolt are ready to do that now, either through civil disobedience or non-compliance, whatever it is that Canadians do. Um, yeah, it sounds like they're recognizing this for the garbage that it is. And so I, I have to wonder what would happen if the FAA did this to us tomorrow. Oh, Would know. we storm the Capitol? I can't imagine we would fall in line quietly. My head hurts. I think right now, I mean, <laughs> the idea that they would sh literally shut down a hobby with this, because it does, it literally shuts down. Some of the comments that I have read online from other posts on Facebook have been, you know, did they get suckered by their version of the Drone Alliance Committee? You know, companies that are going to be pushing drone delivery and so forth. Did they just get into the pockets for the Canadian transport people and say, we want the skies? Did they just happen to get their way and then the transport, you know, just shut them down because it literally did. And this whole $5 per plane, that is complete. Oh, I didn't even tell you this, Terry. Uh, I found some documents from the Canadian registration stuff. You have to provide documentation for every drone you sell to somebody else. What? You have to provide a sale date, a manufacturer's name, a model number, as a like a bill of sale, like a registration transaction, it's in the it's on their website. So I'll send that link to you. But can you imagine going to a swap meet now? There, right. the swap meets are done in Canada. There's no. Yeah, way. They're trying to treat this thing like something that isn't, and it's, it's going like to gun fall sales flat. or something. Well, let's not get started on that. Yeah, too many, give many ideas, but it, too many but painful. Right. The whole registration is a nonsense. I mean. Gosh, gosh. And what does it fix? Nothing. The people Absolutely. who do stupid stuff are still going to do stupid stuff, unaffected by any of this. And the the law-abiding people are just getting bent over. 
Sorry, our Canadian pals. Yeah, I'm Let sorry, know. I don't know what, what I mean. Well, I, didn't, I don't think they reached out for help from anybody, but gosh, I mean, now, I that, the, now that the can Canadian transport, excuse me, Transport Canada, that's how they say it, you know, they're, they're all um, suggesting $5,000 fines, like minimum, for flying your drone without registration. Yeah. Wow. But I can't decide whether to be upset with Transport Canada or Mac or both, because really when Mac said, keep it quiet, that that made me raise an eyebrow to think that there's fishy stuff going on within them. I'm not content with what Mac did, but what Transport Canada is very heavy handed, like I totally unreasonable. Too. And and I'm going to, you know what? I think Fitz kind of nailed it. It's as bad as their gun regulations. Cause I don't know if you, uh, this is to my gun friends, gun owner friends out there, but I have been following this whole Canada, you know, bill, they, you know, banning semi-automatic pistols and so forth. But this bill has been modified. It's constantly getting modified. And behind closed doors, they're adding more guns to it. Some guns that people didn't think, like hunting rifles, some hunting shotguns are being added. So they keep adding more and more guns to this, this bill that just no one's being able to stop. It's not like they just had one type of firearm. They're adding more and more. They're really trying to rid themselves of every firearm. So it's a, it's a gun grab. It literally is. This is a get them out of the skies. This is just keep them out of the skies so we can have our drone delivery. And, and that's how I feel. Yeah. There's, there's a breaking no one, point. No one's doing any harm. There has been no incident. It's just like here in, in the U.S. There's been no accident situation. There's not been a, uh, a plethora of problems that are saying, you know, these these darn model airplanes are really causing nothing like that. This is just out of nowhere. I mean... I can't, unless there's something else that you can come up with. Fitz, <laughs> did you hear something? <laughs> you have some Canadian friends? Yeah, I, I don't know of any examples. And there are some Canadians we could reach out to to see. But um, yeah, I, I just struggle to see the logic in any of this. Like what the, what the driver for them to do this is, how this will help. And how it's anything other than hurtful. Yeah, I was thinking, was there some some egregious violation by a drone or model airplane? I know something no, triggered I, this, right? I'm trying to remember what it was. Well, the only thing I'm aware of is what I mentioned before, where Mac did not properly register certain sites. Yeah. But through and, transport well, it, was, it sounds like an administrative error and not really. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There, I, you know... Uh, if I were writing a book, the only assumption one could come up with is, is that there was a situation, some severe, you know, government security issue that was broken, you know, but again, it's, that should go towards the individual, not the entire hobby. I mean, you know, people who have been flying their drones illegally are who are caught, they're getting fined. They're the ones who are getting arrested. I mean, obviously, yes, we were under crazy restrictions now, but this is a complete sham. I mean, 400 yeah. foot hard for glider pilots not being able to fly. I mean, and I think just the whole $5 registration there, it's, it's going back to the whole, they're treating it as commercial drone and they're not considering the other, I mean, control line. That's, that's just, yeah, that. that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we may be wanting to watch the news and see if there's any riots on some uh, capital steps or whatever they call it over there. Parliament. <laughs> Are Canadians too nice with that? Oh, well, no, I think this is going to start the, the pitchforks going. <laughs> didn't the truckers uh, protest last year? So yeah, they've they got a denim. Yeah, so. Wow. Change. Is this the straw that broke the camel's back? I don't know. Oh, now, the, some I of the stuff I saw 
last month suggests that the total membership of Mac is only about 16,000 people, which I would have suspected it was a lot wow. more. But, wow. Yeah. So they're not a huge group. No. But I don't know how that relates to the overall population of Canada either. But anyway, it's um, it's not great for anybody, for us, for them, especially for them. And we hate to have any sort of precedent like that. So to our friends in Canada, tell us what's going on. Tell us what's on your mind. Tell us what you're planning to do. And we'll keep an eye on it and see how it unfolds. But that gum. You know, I, it, I may have earlier misspoke and I mentioned maybe free flight. I think it's the British modelers that free flight is considered. Oh, under, okay. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's the British, uh, the map is a BMFA, British Model Flyer Association. So I think they're the ones that, uh, unfortunately, free flight is considered a, a drone. Okay. Well, so, and the, the last thing for our Canadian friends, let us know how we can help. If there's, I mean, they lack the numbers. Uh, it seems so. So if we can help yeah. lend our weight so, to that. I just looked it up and the population of Canada is 39 million. Okay. So that's one tenth. Okay. So maybe as a percentage of the population, they're close to what the AMA is. Yeah. Cause we're, we're about, we're about that times 10 or a magnitude. So. Right. And so I would think the AMA is about 10 times that yeah. membership. Now and then, when you factor in other things like uh, flight test, that uh, I don't know what their membership is, but um, so I think there probably are more heads that you could count in the U.S. as a percentage. But I don't know if that matters or not. Anyway, the bottom line is, what the heck, eh? Hey, oh, Canada. <laughs> oh. No Canada. No Canada. That's yeah. what it should be. No, no Canada. No Canada. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's let's try to end on a happy note then. I mean, I think we got some other stuff to talk about. Is it is the happy note workbench stories? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, Fitz, you, you're gonna need 20 minutes, 30 minutes to do yours. <laughs> uh, I know you no. got something big behind you. It's way out I got of focus. A couple things. Well, I forgot about the talk because we went to you your club at the swap meet too, the same day we were doing a glider tow. Yeah, and I ended up picking up a few little goodies. Uh, I had to I had to pass on some other very tempting things, but I, I walked over to this guy's uh, vehicle. He had just pulled up, driving an old station wagon, and yeah, I just kind of peeked in. And he had a bunch of engines, and of course, what caught my eyes, he had some Cox engines and stuff. And I said, "Well, I don't really need any more Cox engines, but I'm just curious. You know, what do you want for some of these engines?" And he's like, oh, five dollars an engine." Oh, so, yeah, okay. Let me grab my bucket. Hey, this my gold bucket. one here is five dollars. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. So, so I ended up picking up a bunch of Cox engines. I got a, I got a Norvell, old forty nine. That's uh, it's just the box, but the one of those neat little Norvells with a throttle and a muffler. And, oh, uh, your video is horrible. It's horrible video. So. Is it? It looks good. Yeah, no. Just Picasso keep showing fits. it. But you are. I'll like, just keep talking. Sorry. Sorry really? for the, those of you on YouTube. I don't know why. It should have good video. Uh, picked up an 074 Queen Bee, and I nice. like getting these. I've, I've, I have a couple of these already, and I like getting more for parts and stuff. I understand they're not the greatest of motors, but there's some little tweaks and stuff you can do to them, and I have a couple planes in mind that I might fly them on just for giggles. Does that have a carb? Uh, it does. It's got a carb in the rear. 
It's got kind of a terrible carb. It's plastic body, and it's not known to be a great carb. But uh, these are being an 074. It's not terribly powerful either. It's probably got the same power, I think, as they say, as a TD 051 or something like that. Uh, but they got a muffler and a carb, and and it's kind of just a neat thing, just for the novelty of it. Uh, I don't know, picked up a generic ABB, uh, but and uh, and I got an, a little 22, which has got a weird. Uh, you got an O2 for five bucks. Yeah, a little 2 with a weird Ooh. sort of thing on the back for the, I don't know, so he's soldered on some sort of tube. You can't really see it. Um, I don't know what's the story with that. But still, it's worth it just for the parts, the glow heads and that kind of stuff. And I got something I've kind of been wanting for a while, and that is a Cox TD-09. I, never had, I don't have any 09s. It's the first one I've gotten. And this one is cool because it's got a throttle ring on it. So it's throttleable. And it's got sort of their semi-muffler thing that you can kind of close up to kind of quiet them down a little bit. It's a little ring. So it's pretty neat. Uh, and it looks like it's in pretty good condition. They're seized up, but other than that, they look actually in good condition. So I'll have mm -hmm. to unseize them. So I finally got a little 09, and, and that'll be kind of fun to, to, to tinker with. And Are the glow heads specific to those? Yeah, the 09s have a bigger head. Okay. They're, they're and what about bigger. the 074? The 074 use the same head as the 09. Oh, okay. They have the same. They use the same head, for the most part. The same thread size. This 074 actually has a little regular glow plug adapter. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Glow plug <laughs> adapter, but so the but they're they're swappable for for one for yeah. the most part. Okay. So whenever I get some time, I have to clean them up and get them. See if I can get them running and that kind of stuff. Uh, and a lot of them came with with the boxes. No, nice. Just kind of snazzy, okay. uh, even though they're you know they're very used. So you know that was kind of neat. Uh, but yeah, you, you guys alluded to the big project. I am currently trying to finish up the uh, the new Legend Hobby L19 Bird Dog, but the big one, the one that's uh, 140 inch wingspan, if memory serves. It's uh, a big one. 120 cc gas engine. This has a 120 cc twin EME. 120 in it uh and it's it's a big mother it, it's it i have to use a trailer for it i can't put it in my car it won't fit <laughs> uh so that's been taking up a lot of my time I've been in the workshop all day today tinkering with it but uh, i've been making some pretty good progress so hopefully it'll be done very very shortly i got a question so yeah. the canopy that's on there is that just a piece of sheet plastic or does it actually have to be vacuum formed uh, I think it's just curved plastic. I don't think it's no, it's not vacuum formed. Okay. I think they cut it out flat and then it's wrapped around the top and sides. And so that in. part's already installed when you it was it. already installed. Yeah, I have right. installed so the, the smaller windows, but not the big one. Yeah, so all the zinc chromate paint in there is already done as well. Yeah, they painted the interior already. That's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. it's got a cock right. uh, instrument panel that's pretty nice. Uh, and they've they've added the library to it already and painted the cowl, so there's not a lot to do with it, relatively speaking. It's just a big plane, and there's there's lights on it. They got uh, sort of headlights on the one wing, and then tip lights, and a tail light, and this will have a smoke system in it too. So I've had to rig up the smoke smoke part. Yeah, awesome. you got a pilot? No pilot. <laughs> you got a yeah, pilot, buddy. That. Gotta see if I can get a pilot for it. It has seats. Get a stuffed animal. <laughs> get something in there. Yeah. What scale is it? Uh, 
Uh, I have no idea. How big is a real L19? Is that third? Yeah, like it's probably third scale foot. easily. Yeah, third yeah. scale, uh, I would think. What did they say on their website? Let me see. Look up. Uh, but it's... Uh, it's um, <laughs> it's been interesting. Oh, I'm sorry. I said 140 inch, 156 inch. Yeah, come on, man. Sorry. Now we're, now we're half <laughs> yeah, it is. Do you have the scale? It's got to be at least third scale or something that big. Um, I don't okay. see it on here. But, anyways, um, it's been an interesting project. I've never built anything that big. Yeah, it doesn't say the scale. Uh, it easily got to be third scale. Uh, so it has had some some minor challenges and stuff, but uh, it's not, not been too bad. Lots of really long right. servo extensions. <laughs> Basically, I had to make them myself because they're just so long. Well, that was going to ask that question. How many channels is it? Uh, so far, it's just uh, <laughs> you know six channels, seven. It'll have a remote choke. So you get the, your four basic channels, it's flaps, so that's five, six for smoke, seven for choke, uh, eight if I have to put flaps on separate channels or not, I'm not sure. Do I hear nine? Nine for a bomb drop. <laughs> no, I don't think nine. Smoke rockets? Think of, what's that? Smoke rockets? Smoke rockets. It has rocket, dummy rockets on it that you can bolt screw okay. onto the wings. So it has right, I did, rocket miles on it. I did the math. It's one to two point eight scale. So slightly bigger than third scale. A little bit. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's a big mother. Now I I did have a chance to fly one briefly at Bower Field the last year, was it? Or uh Bernie Wally has one. The gray, gray. one. Yeah, the gray one. He let me take the sticks for it a little bit. And yeah, flew Chris Wolf had the sticks too, I think. Yeah, yeah. Although when I flew it, I think it was having, was he having some engine issue? He had a problem with the low throttle not being low enough or something like that. But anyways, but yeah, I didn't do anything drastic with it, but just tooled around with it. It seemed to fly fine. It's just, it's just a big plane, but it's nothing. Uh, you know, it didn't feel like it was uh, difficult to fly at all. Just sort of just mm -hmm. big. and you, know, you may have to think a little bit ahead of time when you do stuff with it because it's just so big. <laughs> not quite as so that as small stuff. That makes me wonder, what are you using for servos and push rods? Pretty much the basic servos you use on smaller stuff. They're digitals. I forgot what they were. High-tech digital something with 100 and something ounces, ounce, ounce inches of torque, whatever. 120-inch ounce inches, something like that. Um, but they're standard size servos. They're not quarter-scale servos. Like, if you're really? thinking that. Yeah, they're just regular oh, right. standard size. They're just high-torque digitals. You know, I'm uh, thinking. But you know, the control them... services are not really that big on it for the most part. Nothing. Hmm. What it? As it fits, we need to put a wing mount on top of the bird dog and sit the mini mo on top of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> forget, forget towing it behind the plane. Let's cradle. just strap it on top, man. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is it. interesting. And it's interesting, the servos for the elevators are embedded inside the horizontal stab. Okay. There's no push rods. There's a little tiny push rods, but it's basically they're in the stab. And the stabs are removable. You can unscrew them and screw them back on for storage. 
and transportation. I guess you got enough nose weight with the twin. Yeah, that's the question. I don't know how much nose I'm going to have to add. That is coming up very soon. I'm going to have to bolt everything together and see where the, the CG comes out at. Uh, right. But um, uh, it's funny. funny. Uh, scuba weights. <laughs> weights. Yeah. Hey, there's a dive shop right, right down the street, so I may have to go pick some up. I wouldn't be surprised if I had to add a bunch of weight in it, uh, but it's so big. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. So, but that's on my workbench, all over the workbench. And that's the main reason why I did the, I remember, if you remember, I mentioned before, I reworked the workshop a bit to make more room and stuff because I knew this project was coming. And the, the way my old configuration was, no way was I going to be able to handle such a large model. So now that's, that's a $10 know. registration fee. I'm pretty sure. A dollar per pound. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> Anyways. So, you know, it'll eventually be a review on uh, hobby view channel. And uh, I believe it'll also be a, a model airplane news review as well. <clears throat> and although I don't, I don't think I'll have the transmitter by next week. Uh, the boxer radio master. I did get the, uh, Cinewoop in. Oh, nice. Oh, I got it's it. still in the box. So, I, ha I mean, there's nothing I can do with it because I don't have the transmitter, but I got the Cinewoop and I'll get the mount for my GoPro 10. And hopefully, if not, you know, if not for this flight, maybe if we want to get together for another day, I'll get some Cinewoop photography or videography for you. Cinewoop. So, air to air. Air to air. Yeah. Right. Which is funny because I talked to Chris Wolf the other day. He released a Corsair video. And his son has the DJI drone uh, FPV mm. set up. Well, they do. And his son was doing a chase on the Corsair. But our, I say our cordial friend, Brent Hecht in California, his son was doing a chase flight FPV on his Panther. I don't know if you saw that post, Fitz, or if you're friends with no. Brent. But his son has an FPV with head tracker fixed wing. And I, he was head tracking the Panther. And while he was watching the Panther, his plane drifted in front of it. And oh, no, he, he, they had a midair and lost the Panther. And this is oh, a big, uh, yeah, big, big sucker. And Brent was not happy, but I saw the video online. I was like, oh, yeah, I you don't want to do that. So, one nice thing about you using a, a multi rotor is that you're shifting the whole vehicle. So, you're moving back and forth. You're, you know, it's your view, so you're moving back with uh, it. Right, right. And like yeah. the head tracker, where you're like, oh, oh yeah. So, <laughs> very unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I digress. So, and if Austin's available, maybe we'll see if he'll bring his. Oh, yeah, that'd be neat. Yeah. You can catch it. Yeah, do you want to get the radio? Is he got a tracking on it or something? Uh, gosh, I mean, I don't even know if I can learn it all that. You know, that's that. Uh, I think that one's Edge TX. So I'm not even used Express LRS before. So I'd like oh, to think yeah, I can get it set up pretty quickly, but you never know. Uh, yeah. But I that's that. It. Yeah. Um, can I jump on my workbench? Yeah. Yeah. I, we, I we can. Thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So did I. But speaking of your new radio, you mentioned it in the last show. And then after that, uh, Philip Hinkle emailed me and said, make sure that you contact him. He's our local guru for radio master stuff. Cause yeah, he's let yeah. me see. He let me saw the radio master when we were at adventure. He had the TX 16. Yeah. So and when you have questions. Okay. I will, but the boxers hmm. you know, totally different. I just think the, the learning curve for the open source programming I've, I've heard from everybody. It's like, no one said, Oh yeah, it's no big deal. I mean, everybody said that's a huge learning curve. So I'll <laughs> Josh. Joshua Bardwell has a video out there that says everything you need to know about it. So maybe I'll watch that and go from there. 
I'm in All no right. rush. I mean, that was just something I'd like to put together and, and then be able to share with you guys on RC Roundtable. But on my workbench, I've been doing a lot of soldering. <laughs> so um, my son, my youngest is into airsoft. So we've been acquiring some old guns and changing out the Tamiya connectors with Deans or XT30s, depending on their size. But I was in there and I have a Banana Hobbies P38 that was semi-gifted to me. Uh, I probably paid 10 bucks too much. But it's it, several of the fins were missing and it was crunchy, munchy, and uh, just spaghetti mess wires. But I... I have been working on it. I disassembled the entire thing. Uh, it's got the weirdest. I mean, I won't go into that, but it's like you can technically take it apart, like remove the boons with like little tiny screws that just, I don't know how this thing flew without falling apart in midair. So I just decided <laughs> to make it, a, you know, just put it together and just fly it until it dies. So everything's epoxy now. And, and straight, by the way, because I <laughs> a lot of the, the elevator, the horizontal stab had a nice curve to it. <laughs> it's like really, really bad. So it was almost you, <laughs> but I've straightened that out. Um, but I, I think I was proud of myself. I was able to draw out one of the fins and, and rudders for the sucker, made two, cut them out of five millimeter and some Depron. So layered them and uh, got them mounted, got hinges uh -huh. on it. And so very happy with the way it turned out. Just need to be painted, but that works out. And I may have mentioned this on the podcast, but I decided to go with an AS3X receiver. So I've never programmed one before. I've always used one that's standard or pre-programmed with an aircraft. So I picked up the Bluetooth programming dongle and I will experiment with that. I don't think okay. I need it for this thing. It's, uh, it's kind of like a large phase three P38. Well, I was going to say, don't you have... Do you have the NX series or the, or no, nope. you have a DX? Can it's you do the forward DX, programming through your transmitter? Uh, you know, if you can, that's fine. But I went ahead and bought the dongle. So I will oh, say okay. the app is pretty cool. I mean, I played with it and looks like it's, I mean, um, it's still a learning curve, but I think I'll catch on once I really start messing with it. Played um, with your dongle? Oh, my goodness. We <laughs> had to go there. Yes, I played with it. And it works great. <laughs> And I saved all my preferable settings. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I'll be experimenting with that. And I think I'll probably have, I might have that done by March 5th. Fitz, so I'll meet you out there where we fly and maybe you can get some shots of the P-38. Another P-38. <laughs> and I, I kind of like the yellow aircraft that I have here. I'm not going for scale. So this sucker is just, it's to go have fun. Uh, unlike the phase three P-38 I have, I, you know, and the, jr models i mean those i fly and i i'm trying to be careful this one is this is the perfect thing to just throw in there and just fly like a bat out of hell and put the chase quad through the booms in the back oh hey, hey, hey. austin would say yeah dad <laughs> <laughs> uh, well i don't know if i want to go that far but i'm i'm gonna have a lot of fun with it i'm pretty sure uh right. right now i'm kind of like i don't even know what battery they have but right now the battery compartment is very tiny like it can only hold a 3s2200 and hmm. when you look at the size of that and you look at my phase three P38 and know that it is made for a three S 2200, I've got to see if I can find a long skinny battery to, to shove in there. I don't know if they make really thin three thousands or something, but I need hmm. to put a bigger battery in there. Now, yeah, whatever sweet. happened to the one you picked up at bummer field last year, it's still in the garage. It's okay. as soon as I finish this one, I'll get to work on it. Right. In fact, I pulled the manual out the other day to read the whole thing through and it should be okay. I think the only trouble I'm going to have is the mount, uh, mounting the motors and um, the landing gear. 
because okay. the the funky gear doors mechanism. But I'll get that All one right. up too. We'll, we'll get several P38s done this year. Might be All another right. P38 best. We'll see. Nothing wrong with that. I cut you off, Fitz. Sorry. No, I forgot. Oh, the thirty-two hundred fit in there. Three or thirty-two hundred. Oh, it's Rona. tiny. Yeah, it's amazing. Just it. interesting. It would make it a twin. That's kind of a kind of uh, a lot for three S twenty two hundred two motors and stuff. It seems a bit uh, tough on it. Yeah, but they're not really high end outrunners either. So, mm. yeah, doesn't that silver P thirty eight you got for me also use a twenty two hundred? It actually, I went to twenty six hundreds, like a okay. a different type uh, of it was like an older style. And it works fine, yeah. But that's a fairly light. big model. Yeah. Oh yeah. So this one's this one is lighter than that one. Uh, gosh, they might be the same size now that I'm thinking about it. But I can clearly see. Well, there's no landing gear in this one, so I'm going to save a whole bunch of weight using right. it. This is going to be on the ground, so that'll be good. I mean, if I can get a three thousand in there, I'll be set. Yeah. All right. Cool. Good luck. I may have a Z three thousand. 3s so i gotta go dig and see if that'll fit hmm. i'm not officially sponsored by z batteries <laughs> but would like to be <laughs> all right was that everything on your workbench yeah yeah just a mess airsoft right. and p38s okay i got a couple things and i will start off by giving a big big thank you to our buddy jason klein he reached out to me a couple weeks ago he was at a swap meet I think it was in New Jersey, but he came across somebody selling some motors and he saw some stuff he thought I would like. So he uh, bought it and shipped it to me. Wow. wow that's really nice. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So I've got one example here. Uh, oh, that's pretty much. Marshall flight. Right, yeah. A 40. This one looks say, uh, kind of big. Brand new. Yeah. So this one looks, appears to be brand new. So there was an Astro 40 an Astro 05 without a gearbox, and then some Speed 400s, um, a Master Air Screw with a gearbox, and it was all brush motors, mm. and some other random things that I think had pinions on them, and uh, an old Kyosho motor as well. Anyway, so he got a super good deal on it, and so I really appreciate him thinking of me in that moment and then shipping the stuff here, going to all that trouble. So thank you, Jason. And uh, I will, yeah, I will put these to use one way or another. So th there's that part. And stuff that I've been working on lately, I've continued working on the Electrostreak. I started on the fuselage, and it's most of the way done. So I've got the fuselage mostly built and the tail feathers coming together. So I need to start combining all those things together. I'm not going to reveal yet what my tweak is because... I'm not going exactly per the plans. Um, so I'm trying to figure all that stuff out and then it'll be the final sanding and covering and all that stuff that seems to take forever. But so far it's coming together well between the laser cut parts that um, I got from RC Plane Lab and the stuff off the plans. It's, it's not a difficult build. It's just as with any build, there's a lot to do that you forget about. And hmm. the things that get me, like with the wing, I think I've got it framed up, and then you do the cap strips. And then you spend forever doing cap strips. And it's not my favorite. 
And then same thing with the fuselage. You get the sides cut out and you do the formers and then you have to do the cross sheeting. You're like, dad, go. How many times am I going to have to <laughs> cut cross sheeting? You, you said cap strip and you triggered me. There have been these funny videos and maybe you guys have seen them where someone's doing like woodwork in their house or like they're doing floor trim baseboards and you mm -hmm. see the guy, he puts the board there and he takes a pencil mark and he draws the mark. He takes the wood to the saw and miter saw and he cuts it and he goes back and it's like six inches too short. That's, <laughs> right. that's me with cap strips. You know, I'll draw the line. I'll, I'll cut it. I'll sand it just a little bit. And it's like two inches too short. Yeah. <laughs> like, dang it. <laughs> yeah. And the way these are, the space between the ribs is more than the width of any of the sheets I have. So every cap strip is at least two sections and well, yeah, I got through it. It's fine. But I gotta say the, the good news is I don't think I've had to cap strip. Well, it may, I may have had to, but most of the cap stripping I've done in the past was with regular glue, like Ambroid or Tide okay. Bond or something. This is before CA was popular. So when I was a kid and did cap stripping, you had to tape these down, put pins and, you know, the, oh, and then man. wait <laughs> and wait and wait. And now it's pretty, pretty quickly because you can do like a, I mean, you could do a, a wood glue like on the rib and then just CA the front and back. So if you wanted added strength, you know, of a wood type glue, then you could do that. I did CA. Yes, yeah, Are you yeah. using thin yeah. or medium? Um, medium most of the time. And then sometimes I'll go back with thin and just make sure I got it all. So I know this is technical, but here's a question because I think our listeners might be interested when you're doing that. Are you kicking the strip or the rib or are you just using just CA and letting it dry naturally? Um, most of the time I let it dry naturally, but there are some areas like butt joints or things like that where I'll use a kicker. And then once that's, you know, that's basically to tack it in place. And then once it's stacked, I'll go back with a, a bead of the thick stuff and fill it all in. Okay. So, yeah. Hmm. All right. So there's the electro streak. Go ahead, Fitz. Hmm. Well, I didn't realize I had that much cap stripping on it. I didn't pay attention to the plans. Oh, uh, well, you know, just, I don't hmm. think it's every rib. Maybe it is on one side. I don't remember, but yeah. You know, there's, there's just a lot. And yeah. I think more so it's you think you're done and then and then you have this one more thing to do. Okay, there's another way? Yeah. It's more the mental hurdle than the physical one. There's a bottom? Yeah. So I've been working on that and I hope to finish that in the next couple of weeks. And the other thing I've been working on, I picked this up today actually, is I mentioned the Goldberg Eagle 2 ARF that I got locally. I think I mentioned that in the last show. And my reason for getting that was to use the Astro 25 that somebody else gave me. Okay. And I mentioned over several shows that I was looking for a motor mount for the Astro motors that wasn't butt ugly, didn't use hose clamps and things like that. It wasn't barbed wire so, and bailing, uh, bailing wire. Duct right. <laughs> right. So strangely enough, a few episodes ago, I talked about the huge lot of things that I bought out of a basement here. As I was rummaging through that, I found a clamshell mount designed for an Astro Cobalt 25. No way. There was one in there that was just randomly with other stuff. I'm like, that looks bigger than the other clamshell mounts I have. And then I put it on the 25 and dead gumma, it fit right on it. So I spent this afternoon modifying that Eagle 2 to use that clamshell mount. So I kind of had to rip off the old plywood stuff that was had that 
OS LA46 and put some new stuff in there with some quarter inch plywood spaced for that clamshell. I finished it and it looks like it's going to work beautifully. So knock on wood. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So my next part in all that is to figure out the power system. Like how big of a prop do I need? Am I going to use four cells or five cells, six cells? I don't know. I need to get that motor um, geared up to around uh, 600 watts and which is well within its capability. So yeah, I just got to figure much. out the, yeah, I just got to figure out the voltage and prop to do that. And I think I've got enough clearance for about a 13 inch prop if I need to go that big or three blade or 10 blade, whatever. So that's about it. That's all I've been working on. Oh, one more thing. Earlier this week, a couple of my buddies from the local club here came over. We had kind of a build night working on the stringless wonders, the kite looking foam board things. So they built some, took them home with them to finish up. And hopefully we'll have a couple more flying around here and we can do combat or something. I don't know. Hmm. So you said the word kite and it made me think about that estate sale that you picked up that RC kite. Oh yeah. What's the status on that? It's um, taken up some room in my workshop on the floor. I did do some work with it a few weeks ago or a few months ago. It had some weird electronic components in it. Um, so I pulled that stuff out and figured out what it was and put it back in there. So I think it just needs a receiver <laughs> and it's ready to go. Yeah. I mean, all this stuff was covered up. So I had to dig in there and see what it was and make sure that the connections were good and all that. So yeah, I just now, need to get it in there. Is I don't remember. Is that the only plane you bought there? Did you get no, I bought yeah. a few. So I got that one. And then there was the, like a park flyer thing, the Peck Polymers Prairie Bird. Are you familiar with that? Uh, so if you saw it, you had, yes, the original version is a free flight, but then they also had a 50 inch span version that was made for 049. Oh. And so this was the 50 inch version that had been originally glow. The person I got it from had converted it to electric, but very poorly. So <laughs> I reconverted it to electric and I flew that several times uh, in the fall. And that's a nice flying airplane. What was the plane I got you? I gave to you at AirVenture. We picked it up at a swap meet at uh, Randy's Hobbies for twenty bucks. Um, the Donald. Is that what it was? It's a float, flying it's a boat. Seaplane. It's a seaplane. Seaplane. Right. That so needs I, to be on the snow. That just right. screams snow. Yeah. So that's also on the long list of airplanes <laughs> to be dealt with at some point. Um, what else? What else can we throw at him, Fitz? <laughs> Let's make him look like you with your eight projects in the background. Did you actually use your RC shovel, snow snow plow thing? Oh, oh no, the uh, blizzard, the Kyosho blizzard. blizzard. Yeah, did you actually take uh, that out? It's like Don't an RC have, model no? of a snowcat. I need yeah. to. I've got several snow vehicles. I've got that blizzard. I've got. Do you remember the thing I did a couple of years ago of the? Uh, the screw propelled thing like a caterpillar oh, yeah, yeah. drive yeah yeah i've got that that i'm i have one of yeah. those too i picked up after talking to you yeah so i've got that i can do i've got the oh, snow buggy cool this, though, yeah yeah i remember i built that snow buggy a yeah. couple years ago oh yeah to right. get that out so i've got an airboat i could do you yeah, got all kinds of stuff. All that stuff. Come you on, man. It. That's content. Get exactly. Yeah. Look at Fitz and I. We're putting videos out. Come on, man. <laughs> 
I posted a video this afternoon. Yeah, so did. get off my back. <laughs> so, all right, Fitz, gotta yeah. catch up. <laughs> but I do agree that I need to play with all my toys. It's it's tough. You get to this point where you just can't play with them all. I guess that's a good problem to have, right? First world problems. Yeah, yeah first world problems. <laughs> I just, I just pray we don't get we don't get Canada's disease on drone regulation. Oh gosh, paying five bucks for that. Yeah, that's. See, we were supposed to end it on a good note, Lee, and here well, we come. <laughs> I, I just uh, celebrate that we don't have that problem. Thank there you, you May. Thank you, Academy of Model Aeronautics. Got my little shirt here. One of my little, little toy things I bought. I bought me a jacket too, a nice uh, rain jacket, AMA rain jacket. So I'll share. I'll be bringing that out to some events. All right. Um, God darn it. I had something else I was going to share with you guys, but I guess I'll just have to save it for our next show, which might be live. We don't know. We'll see. Yeah, um, we don't plan these things. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Uh, I came across a video on Instagram, Instagram reels. I follow this woodworking company and they guy shared a tip that I just, it just screams to me that it could be used in our hobby. And this was the guy who put the boards together using painter's tape and mm -hmm. then CA'd a brace down, a temporary brace. So the, the painter's tape would just, it was a, you know, temporary hold onto something. And I just like, man, I could see where that would work for other holding projects. You know, when, when you're working on like, maybe, gosh, I was thinking maybe on your like fuselage on curves and stuff, you could probably like wrap a wire. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking out of the box, but it's just like, that's going to be cool. So I'll try to share that on our Facebook page. So guys look for that video on this, uh, using painter's tape, you see a something to it. I mean, a block case, of wood. A block in this case it was a stiff block of wood, but it could be anything just to hold something temporary. And then you just pull the tape off. I was like, never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it was cool. All right. Well, when you figure out the RC adaptation of that, you I will, I will know. take a picture. I will use that method. Yes. By golly. I'm yeah. using painter's tape right now on my P38. Got the, got the tail gluing right now. So <laughs> that's the, the paint wait, painter's tape and skewers. <laughs> that's, that's how you fix a plane. Yeah. <laughs> and I say that, and I laughingly say that, you know, that's the one thing that fixed the vampire right. uh, that Fitz was there when I crashed it, but I put oh, it back yeah. together with yeah. skewers and that thing flew so much better afterwards. So don't give up on skewers, go to your grocery store, buy some skewers, put them in your, your arsenal. <laughs> yeah. It has a anything. weak tail that flexed in flight. Yeah. bad things to happen. Yeah, that was great. Well, was it Jeff? Jeff got the video of it going down. It uh, yeah, I think he did. Yes. It did not want to move. I may have to add some of that to uh, my twin otter because I told you all when I got a high speed run with my modified otter, I had no elevator oh. control. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that was hairy. <laughs> like, you followed the coming speed right of at me. Oh, yeah. I almost <laughs> did. I almost did. All right. Well, I'm rambling. That's all I got. I hopefully it was a fun episode for you guys to listen to, a little shorter than our two hour one last time. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I'm trying to keep I we need to get him break. We need to pull him back just a little bit. Bite size, guys. <laughs> Bite size. It takes how long uh, it takes. Yeah, oh my <laughs> Okay. Well, on that tasty note, I think well, I guess we'll wrap things up and thanks everybody for joining us this time. We uh have a lot to look forward in this year. A lot of stuff's gonna be happening coming up soon. So yeah. Well Fitz uh, and I will have a, hopefully something soon from our little get together in that big plane behind him. I hope so. Yeah, I got to get back on it and uh, <laughs> get to work. Uh, it's funny. I, I got the, the prop. And I was like, oh, okay, I need to draw out the prop. But this has a totally different bolt pattern than all my other props. So I had to order a, oh, a, a drill guide. And it's hopefully coming real soon. Hopefully. 
or see if I can borrow one locally. Oh, uh, oh, before you close this out, yeah. I'm, I meant to mention this or ask you guys about it before. Yeah. We've been talking for a couple of years about, we've known that Tyler Perry is an, a big RC guy and we're trying to figure out some angle that we could talk to him. Well, yeah. uh, somebody beat us to it. Ramey RC, the guy who builds airliners on YouTube, um, he released videos in the past couple of weeks of him uh, working in Tyler Perry's hangar and then them flying. Have you guys seen those videos? I saw I saw the the view of the YouTube. I saw the, the alert come out. I didn't have a chance to look at it, but yeah, I saw that. All those planes on the tarmac. Wow. Um, and then inside of his workshop, it, watch those videos. It's very interesting and lots of neat stuff out there. And the workshop slash runway slash flying field. It's all. Oh. Very impressive stuff. Yeah. So I, I'm sad that we didn't get the scoop on any of that, but I would still love to just bend his ear and, and talk to yeah, him. It would still be great to talk to him, yeah. Yeah, it seems like he's a super interesting guy. So anyway, check that out. It's uh, very cool stuff. I'm a little bit jealous. I'm a lot jealous. But <laughs> that's okay. Jealousy drives innovation. No, no, that's not the thing. But anyway. All right, now you can take us home, Fitz. Man, how do I, how do I top that, man? <laughs> you know, you just say goodbye. <laughs> uh, all right, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, and uh, check out our all our our glorious videos on our social media, you know, Facebook and Instagram and that kind of stuff. And other than that, uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us, and uh, happy flying. All right, see you Bye. guys. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening. <laughs>